Jefferson running like a receiver. And into the end zone for a touchdown. Caught by Chase. What a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. And no, Galloping for the end zone and a touchdown. On its way, bounces off the crossbar, and it's good! Oh oh my god, oh my god! Welcome into another week of the Lucky Shots podcast. We're in week four of the NFL season, and uh, last week there was a lot of good games. A lot of games decided by one score or less, last second uh, touchdowns and field goals, uh, and a a pretty impressive 66-yard field goal. Uh, follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and if you're listening to the show um, on any of our various podcasting platforms, you can hop over to YouTube for the full experience. And if you're here watching on YouTube and you want to just listen to the show, we do have a podcast version of the show in various places. All of those uh, links will be in the header for the YouTube page, so check all of those out. You can also check out our weekly rankings. Uh, updated throughout the week. Uh, don't forget to check out the uh, new part of the show. Just started it last week. Uh, Lucky Bets with Dylan Corbett. That'll be up tomorrow as well. Diving into sports betting and how uh, some advice for you to bet uh, this upcoming week. Uh, today on the show, we got news, the top performers, winners and losers, a little bit of look at waivers and the weekly preview. So without further ado, let's hop into the news and the notes from this past week. Uh, Matt Nagy on the quarterback situation for the Bears. Um, last last week was terrible uh, with Justin Fields against Cleveland. Um, not necessarily his fault, but it was not good. Uh, the Browns' defense, nine sacks, just absolutely made them look awful. So Coach Matt Nagy said, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton are all in consideration to start week four against the Lions. Uh, what you didn't want to see as a Chicago Bears fan in this organization is uncertainty at who the heck is going to be your quarterback, and you have that again this year starting this week. Um, moving on, we have Christian McCaffrey. He left the game on Sunday with a hamstring injury. Uh, that'll probably keep him sidelined for a few weeks. Um, when we get down to waivers, we'll tell you kind of where to pivot from that. KJ Hamler for the Broncos tore his ACL on Sunday. He is out for the rest of the season. Um, it's a team that you know they lost Jerry Judy. He'll be back hopefully eventually, but KJ Hamler who filled in for that role, will no longer be there. He's out for the season. Andy Reid was taken to the hospital after the Chargers game uh, on Sunday. He was feeling ill, didn't feel great, uh, so they rushed him to the hospital. He's fine. He was released on Monday. A uh, bit of a scare, but, uh, you know, he's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Tua Tugavailoa was placed on the IR. Um, this is the short-term IR, so it's about three weeks or so. Um, so Jacoby Brissett will be that starter, and, you know, he didn't look absolutely terrible this last week. So we'll see how that goes. Tyler Lockett uh, 
sustained a knee injury during his game on Sunday. Uh, I haven't seen any news as of right now um, on an update there, but that's something to monitor. Juju Smith-Schuster left the game with a rib injury, so that is something else to monitor. Uh, A.J. Brown also had a hamstring injury. With these hamstring injuries, it takes a little while, and those are going to linger and cause problems for the rest of the year. So for A.J. Brown and then these two next guys, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, who also sustained hamstring injuries, that's something you're going to have to monitor throughout the year. And even if they are playing, you're going to have to put them in at your own risk, um, being that they could go out of the game at any point uh, with that same hamstring injury. So A.J. Brown, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, all of those guys with hamstring issues. James White for the Patriots left the game with a hip injury. Um, you know, he had a good week, uh, week two, week three, looking to build on that uh, and had to leave the game with a hip injury. So that is not good. That entire running back room uh, for the Patriots, not very good. We'll have to see um, how that plays out over the next few weeks. Uh, in some lighter news, Justin Tucker broke the NFL record for the longest field goal with a 66-yarder. Um, you heard that at the very end of the intro. That was the announcers reacting to uh, his field goal being made. Kicked it, bounced off the crossbar, went in. Absolutely great. Uh, and what makes it even better, it was a game-winning field goal. Gave the Ravens the win, so congratulations to him. Josh Gordon was reinstated by the NFL and immediately, it seems like, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he'll start on their practice squad. We'll see how that develops. We'll see if he can actually just stick in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, and the Chiefs is not a bad place to go. So we'll see how that develops. And then to finish off the news, Eli Manning was inducted into the Giants Ring of Honor. Congratulations to him. Probably one of the... One of the best Giants of all time, you know, went in, got a couple Super Bowl rings, just absolutely fantastic. And we know, you know, he toppled the Patriots in that undefeated season. Uh, got to be one of the more historic upsets of all time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, him and his brother Peyton, uh, you know, no slouch of his own, they actually, for the first three weeks of the season, were doing a um, Monday Night Football broadcast where they were the commentators, uh, bringing on uh, guests and things like that. And it was a lot of fun to watch. I uh, just watched it last week, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this every week, and uh, that won't be again until week seven. So week seven through, I think they said maybe nine or something like that, they're going to continue to do that on Monday nights. So keep an eye out for that. It's normally on ESPN2, and uh, it's it's a lot more fun than just listening to the normal guys uh, for Monday Night Football. But that's it for the news and notes. Let's hop into the top players from last week, starting off at quarterback. And we have a new face here. Kyler Murray dominated this spot the last two weeks. But this week, it's Josh Allen, finally back on the horse. He's got He had 37.22 fantasy points uh, with 358 passing yards. Four passing touchdowns, four carries for nine yards, and a rushing touchdown. About time we see the Bills back doing that. Uh, those kinds of things. They won, I believe, 45 to something. 
it was it was a good game uh, for Josh Allen and the rest of that team. You know, a guy uh, like Zach Moss had a great game. Emmanuel Sanders. You know, all of those guys uh, looked great. They won 43 to 12, uh, 21, by the way. So good to see from Josh Allen. About it's about time he's back on that horse. At running back, Najee Harris, finally paying off if you drafted him, uh, had 28.2 fantasy points. Now, if you look at his rushing line, 14 for 40. Okay, big deal, four points there. But he was targeted 19 times, had 14 receptions and 102 yards. Uh, I don't know if this is how the Steelers are just planning on working with Ben and his lack of arm strength now, but if it is... You have absolute gold in Najee Harris now. Um, 19 targets as a running back. Uh, that's that's insane. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey, who gets targeted a lot, has a lot of receptions. You don't see a whole lot of 19 target games and 14 catches. That's It was crazy. Uh, so good job, Najee. Let's see if he can continue to do it for the rest of the year. That would be pretty cool to see. At the wide receiver position, Mike Williams. He's got to be one of the shockers of the year. He had 33.2 fantasy points, 9 targets, 7 receptions, 122 yards, and 2 touchdowns. He is outdoing uh, Keenan Allen right now. When you look at the stats, they're pretty even until it comes to touchdowns. But if you just watch the games, Mike Williams is just taking over and it's not something people expected and we'll just have to see if it sticks for the rest of the year but right now he's getting a lot of targets a lot of receptions and a lot of touchdowns so that is very good for him and you know the chargers they finally put things together this week had a great game love to see that and that at the tight end position dalton schultz 26 points I believe I told you guys week one, go pick this guy up. He's going to be valuable. He had seven targets, six receptions, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. We'll have to see if it sticks, but he it looks just as involved as C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, those guys in that passing offense. So I think he's going to continue to do this. And like I said a couple weeks ago, I think he could be the guy, that tight end for Dallas, um, that big target, and he proved it this past week against the Eagles. Moving on from our top players, we are in the winners. Uh, we're going to start off with my personal winner, Justin Herbert. Been waiting for something to happen with him. I was a week away from benching him for Sam Darnold. Finally goes out and performs. He puts up less yardage, but put up the touchdowns. He had 281 yards, four touchdowns, and four carries for 16 yards. It's a thing I was harping on last week about the Chargers is they put up a lot of offense, but they just don't score. Well, in a game that mattered against a really good Kansas City Chiefs team, or maybe they're 1-2 and two now, who knows. But in a game like that, finally goes out, puts up four touchdowns, and the rest of the team looked good. I mean, and you beat Patrick Mahomes and those Kansas City Chiefs. So great job for Justin Herbert. Love to see it. Peyton Barber of the Las Vegas Raiders is your running back uh, winner this week. 23.2 fantasy points, 23 carries, 111 yards, a touchdown, and three catches for 31 yards. 
I don't expect this to stick. You have uh, Josh Jacobs, hopefully at some point coming back. Kenyon Drake is also involved, but Kenyon Drake isn't that involved. And, I, I mean, I can see this maybe sticking if Josh Jacobs continues to be out. So we'll just have to monitor and see how that goes. But at least for this week, that's a lot of carries, a good rushing total, and a touchdown. So great job for Peyton Barber. Then at the wide receiver position, we have Emmanuel Sanders with 26.4 fantasy points. He had six targets, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, it's Emmanuel Sanders. We'll just have to see if it sticks as well, but I think it will. This offense is starting to pick it up, starting to go, and Sanders creates another athletic big target. Not big, but athletic target for Josh Allen to get the ball to, and it looks like he liked him this week. And then at tight end, Tyler Conklin. Conk, Conk had 20 points, 8 targets, 7 receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown in a game that the Vikings actually won. So we'll have to see uh, how that continues, and hopefully he can stay healthy because he definitely took that role. And it's very telling that they had a tight end back, and K.J. Osborne did not have a big game. I think K.J. Osborne may start to be less and less relevant if the Vikings have that tight end. And if it's Tyler Conklin, I mean, the numbers he put up this week look very good. So we'll just have to kind of see who is going to take that role, whether or not it's going to be the tight end, K.J. Osborne, and who that tight end will be. Moving on to the losers, it's a Chicago Bears losers segment, just about. You have Justin Fields only had 3.92 fantasy points in his first NFL start, went 6 of 20 for 68 yards, 3 carries for 12 yards, and was sacked 9 times. The Bears offense, I think, only put up 47 yards of total offense or something like that. It was abysmal, and... Yes, the Cleveland Browns defense is very good, but they are not 47 yards of total offense good. This offense just looked absolutely terrible. Nothing worked for them, and Justin Fields was at the helm, so we'll just have to see. Is it Justin Fields? I mean, with all three quarterbacks up in the running this week, we'll just have to wait and see who that's going to be and then see how... Uh, Chicago plays based on that. So sticking in that same offense, David Montgomery only had 7.5 fantasy points, 10 carries, 34 yards, 2 catches, and 21 uh, receiving yards. Again, this offense just did not look good, so we'll move right on next to Allen Robinson, who is the wide receiver loser. He only had 4.7 points, 2 catches, 27 yards. On the bright side, if you look at it, That's one-third of their entire passing game. So, perspective, right? Uh, And then at the wide receiver position, TJ Hawkinson. He's been a stud these past few weeks. Went out, only put up three points, two catches for ten yards. Um, Don't expect that every week. I definitely think Hawkinson is still up there in that upper echelon of your wide receivers. Or, excuse me, tight ends. Um... So a three-point game, I don't think that's going to happen all the time. Uh, this might, this probably will be the only occurrence of that. 
but we'll just have to wait and see. You know, all these wait and sees. Who knows? All right, let's move on to the waivers. Uh, very quickly, short, uh, only a few guys, uh, and it's all based on, you know, situations almost. Uh, so the first one is Zach Moss. Uh, yeah, right. Who? Why would we pick up Zach Moss? He's fifty percent seven or fifty-seven percent rostered. And last week he had thirteen carries, sixty yards, three touchdowns, thirty-one yards, and a uh, touchdown through the. Okay. Backtrack. He had thirteen rushes, sixty yards, three catches, thirty-one yards, and a touchdown. That's what he had. The th- reason that I think you can go pick him up and then possibly wait and see um, what's going to happen and possibly even plug him in right away is if the Bills offense runs like this for the rest of the year, which you hope they will, Zach Moss is that guy. He's put himself into that situation, and if he can produce like this when the offense plays the way that they do, then he's going to be viable for you, you know? I mean, a touchdown's a touchdown. 13 carries is a good workload, 16 total touches. Um, and So we'll just have to kind of see if he produces. But if the Buffalo offense continues to uh, play the way that they did last week, Zach Moss is going to be valuable. Then another running back, uh, because of the Christian McCaffrey injury, Chuba Hubbard um, should be picked up immediately. Uh, we saw last year... When McCaffrey went down, Mike Davis came in. Mike Davis was a stud for whoever picked up, uh, picked him up last year, and hopefully it was the CMC manager. Hopefully this year it is also going to be the CMC manager uh, to pick up that backup. But he's only 11% rostered, and after uh, McCaffrey left, he had 11 rushes for 52 yards, three catches for 27. So you see a good line of production there. Um, with McCaffrey going out. Will he be Mike Davis of last year? We don't know that. Um, But the situation warrants you to go pick him up, especially if you're the CMC manager. Go get him. Plug him in. Uh, He's going to produce something. I mean, if you have guys like, say, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, um, Mike Davis even for the Falcons right now, He's somebody that I think could outdo all of those guys um, with the role that he's going to have to step into for the Panthers. Um, But a little side note, Carolina did trade for C.J. Henderson as well, so I don't think that's going to affect Hubbard at all. Hubbard is a great talent, um, but it may lighten the workload there uh, if C.J. Henderson comes in and does something. But... Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a very valuable pickup right now, especially for CMC managers, so go get him. At the wide receiver position, Emmanuel Sanders. He, on the season, has 20 targets and 11 receptions, so not not a lot, but some days are like this, where it's six targets, five catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns. He's only 23% rostered, so he's still widely available, and again, he's like Zach Moss. If the Bills' offense is going to continue this way and Josh Allen's going to throw four touchdowns, you can at least count on Emmanuel Sanders probably being one of those. So go pick him up, and you could plug him in. Definitely out of flex this week, and 
wait and see maybe if he could turn into that wide receiver too and you can plug somebody else into the flex but emmanuel sanders yeah he's not stefan diggs but he's still very good uh so he needs to be picked up immediately in my opinion and then we look at hunter renfro he's 11.3 percent rostered last week had six targets for 15 uh or five catches excuse me 77 yards and a touchdown and in the first three weeks he has 22 targets 16 catches and that touchdown that he scored last week Renfro is actually, I believe, I didn't put it on here, but I believe he's the most targeted wide receiver so far for the Raiders. And he's 11% rostered. You have guys like uh, Henry Henry Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards, that are more rostered than he is, and he, so far, has been the main target. So go get him. I mean, Derek Carr is playing fantastic football. The Raiders are playing fantastic football. And with the absence almost of that running game, besides this last week, because Peyton Barber is a guy. Uh, but Hunter Renfro is super valuable. You know, I preach that. Uh, what do I preach? Lord, can't think. It's very early, folks, and I was up earlier today. Uh, volume comes out of those targets and fantasy points comes from that value so if he's getting a lot of volume then that's the best opportunity to score you fantasy points so he's a guy i think you go pick up plug him into your flex see what happens all right so moving into the weekly preview uh we're gonna cover the thursday night game the sunday night game the monday night game we're gonna change it up only do a few uh games during sunday itself um because the shows are getting a little too long you know i don't think you guys want to sit here for two hours so we're trying to shorten it up a bit all right so let's hop into thursday night football we got the jaguars and the Bengals. the jaguars oof they just don't look good at all they lost last week to the cardinals 31 to 19 they did have a bright spot defensively but Aside from that, nothing nothing is looking good for them. Overall, they're 23rd in offense, 29th in defense, and dead last in turnover differential. This is where they look awful. Minus eight. They give the ball away eight more times than they take it away. It's just terrible. If you're giving the ball away that much, you're not going to win a single game. You could get into a shootout even if you wanted to, and you're still going to lose. If you're giving the ball away... Eight times compared to your one. Uh, but some players to look out for for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Is he going to do anything? Like, is he going to turn into the guy everybody wants him to be? So far, he's got seven interceptions and two fumbles. That's in three weeks. Nine of those team turnovers come from Trevor Lawrence. It's not looking good for him. He's going to need help. I mean, he's got weapons. James Robinson last week had 25.6 fantasy points, uh, 15 carries, 88 yards, a touchdown, and six catches for 46 yards. Like, you just got to figure it out and make things that are going to work for your team and your personnel. And right now, I don't think they're doing that. And that's why Lawrence is in such bad spots. That's why this offense is in bad spots. And this is why this team's so bad. So, Jacksonville, figure it out. Urban, I love you, but you're not doing a good job so far. 
get something figured out. Uh, and then, so I mentioned James Robinson, and then Marvin Jones leading the team with 16.1 uh, fantasy points per average on a week. He's a guy that I actually play in uh, the work league that I'm in. I like Marvin Jones. He seems like the most valuable piece of this offense. James Robinson, if he can continue to be as involved as he was last week, if Urban finally sees, hey, James Robinson's the guy, get him the ball, then he's also going to be uh, very, very valuable as he could be one of the only bright spots as Marvin Jones is on this offense. Moving on to the Bengals. They won 24-10 last week versus the Steelers. Looked very good. But again, the Steelers don't look very good, so got to temper your expectations there because the Bengals are 28th in total offense. Um, it seems like most of their offense comes from that one deep ball per week to Jamar Chase, uh, and but we'll get to that in a second. But they are 8th on defense. Their defense is pretty good. Um, I picked them up last week to play against the Steelers, and it turned out to be a great decision. Um They've got some playmakers. They they can hold enough for their offense to go out and do something. The Bengals are 2-1 and one right now, so they're doing something right. Uh, but what they're not doing right is the turnover differential. It's not as bad as the Jaguars, but it's still in the minus, minus one. Uh, but you can live with that, especially if you can get big plays like they have to Jamar Chase every week. But, I mean... Yeah, this team's not terrible. I mean, you got Joe Burrow. He's the quarterback 23 on the season. Um, he finally kind of looked a little more comfortable last week. Um, that's because he didn't have T.J. Watt breathing down his neck. But uh, the offense kind of picked it up, except for Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon only had 10.4 fantasy points. He averages 14.5. I think this next week against the Jaguars. It's going to be a good bounce back, and he's going to top, jump into that top five for running backs. Now that I believe in Joe Mixon, watch him do nothing else for the rest of the year, uh, that kiss of death type of thing, because um, I wasn't high on him. He went out and played well. Now I'm high on him. He probably won't do anything. And then Jamar Chase, another guy that I was wrong about, I guess. Uh, he's averaging 18.9 fantasy points per week got a touchdown every week and not only a touchdown every week like a big play touchdown every week week one 50 yard touchdown week two 42 yard touchdown and this past week 34 yard touchdown guys most of the Bengals offense is hey jamar just go joe throw it to him put somebody back there on him don't leave a playmaker i mean i don't want to say you gotta double team him but definitely never keep a safety off of him. Keep a safety on his side of the field at all times because he's burning. He's burnt every defense that they've played so far this season. Uh, as far as who are we going to pick, what does it look like? I'm picking the Bengals strictly for the fact that, you know, they'll probably get some good chunk plays and the Jaguars are just bad. you got to figure out something to do for that team. Not sure how it's going to work out, but we'll see. Got to take a drink. Excuse me. So, jumping into Sunday, 
One game that I'm actually pretty intrigued to watch is the football team versus the Falcons. Yes, I'm excited to see this game. Both teams one and two, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. The football team, uh, they lost 43-21 versus the Bills last week. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things going on for for them. Uh, they're 20th in offense, and what's the most shocking thing, and why they struggle in a lot of games, I think, right now. They are 31st in defense. Not what I expected, not what anybody really expected, I don't think, after them being such a good defense last year. Um, and their minus three in turnover differential. I mean, that equates to the defense not being very good so far. That equates to the offense running with a backup quarterback. So we'll just kind of have to see what Washington does to turn this around. Um is Taylor Heineke going to be the thing? Because since stepping in as the starter, he's got 670 yards and six touchdowns. That's that's pretty good uh, for the time he's been in. But they just they give him the ball too much. They allow him to try to run this offense too much when they should be giving it to this guy, Antonio Gibson. He only has one touchdown uh, this season. That was last week. 73-yard touchdown run, where or pass reception, which wasn't a deep bomb. It was you got him the ball, and he made a play. I don't know how much I have to preach. Give Antonio Gibson the ball, and he's a playmaker. Uh, you saw it in week one. He had a really good game when they gave him a lot of volume. Week two, didn't give him a lot of volume, didn't have a great game. Again, they cut J.D. McKissick essentially out of the game plan this week james robinson or not james robinson excuse me antonio gibson was a guy and he got the job done and then you got terry mclaurin sitting at 16 points per game he has 21 targets in the last two weeks a lot of guys are struggling to even have that for the season and he had it in the last two weeks he's heavily targeted and as a fantasy guy you got to put him in because taylor heineke loves him so he's a guy you got to play. And then Logan Thomas is the tight end seven on the year. Uh, he's had a touchdown in two of three weeks, both of those weeks with Taylor, Taylor Heineke. So, or both those touchdown receptions, excuse me, with Taylor Heineke. So Logan is a guy that don't worry about plugging him into your lineup because Heineke likes him, especially likes him when it comes to a red zone target, a touchdown target. So plug him in, especially in a game against the Falcons. Falcons finally got their first win, 17-14, to but it was against the Giants. Um, they're 27th in total offense, 19th in defense, and have a minus two turnover differential. Uh, they're obviously, you know, not very good so far. And does that mean you can't trust that offense? So far, you haven't been able to. Uh, Matt Ryan's only averaging 13.1 on the year. Uh, Mike Davis only 11.5. But a guy that I think you can trust, and I talked about it a little last week, and this week, just continue to confirm it, Cordero Patterson. He's the running back nine on the season in the entire league uh, for running backs. He has 11 receptions in the last two games. So especially in a PPR format, 
he's going to score you those points, and he's easily outscored Mike Davis at least the last two weeks. And again, he's the running back nine. I think we have to start believing in Cordero Patterson. Not as the top running back in the league, but for the best running back and one of the better players on this team, apparently, because they continue to give him the volume. A guy that I'm a little worried about because I have him. I drafted him high, Calvin Ridley. He only has 14.1 this season, but it's because the offense hasn't really been moving yet, and they did a little bit last uh, week against the Giants. We'll have to watch. I mean, again, Washington, their defense is pretty suspect, so the Falcons may have another week of trying to find their legs offensively. Um, And one guy that you hope to see get into the uh, mix more is Kyle Pitts. He's only at 8.3 points on the year, average-wise, per week. Uh, But he's had 17 targets in the last three weeks, and as a tight end, that's not Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. That's a healthy target share. Um, But they, they don't utilize him enough. And uh, you'll kind of see on tomorrow's show, we talked about how do you incorporate Kyle Pitts? And to me, it's not hard. So tune in tomorrow to kind of listen to that. But in terms of who's going to win this game, I've got stock on both sides. Uh, But being that the Giants beat Washington. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Falcons who beat the Giants can also beat Washington. Uh, It's not always that way, but uh, Washington just hasn't really looked all that good. I think this game could turn into a shootout, though, and be a lot of fun to watch. So uh, if the Falcons find their legs, then it will be a shootout because Washington's not afraid to throw 50 times with Taylor Heineke. But I think the Falcons could come out on top in that one. Then the Chiefs versus the Eagles. Um, Both of these teams are kind of shaky. You know, the Chiefs sitting at the bottom of the AFC West right now uh, and coming off a loss to the Chargers, 30-24. That's now two in a row. And, uh, I mean, it looks like they're kind of struggling. You know, they're sixth on offense, which is great, but 30th in defense. They have a terrible defense Um, according to the stats and now according to the games you know they've lost two in a row they're minus two in turnover differential uh Mahomes who's had three touchdowns every week also had three interceptions in the last two weeks which could be a key contributor one to that turnover differential which then translates into winning the game uh and then you have Carlo or not Carlos Hyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's only averaging 9.9 per week He's not, he's not producing really at all. Uh, but you'd love to see him get involved, and you'd love to see this offense get him involved, uh, because he's a guy that could be a really good talent. So we just want to see that, but haven't yet this season. Uh, Tyree Kill, he's averaging seven point eight fantasy points in the last two weeks, which is absolutely killing me. I do not like that. He needs to figure it out uh, because he's only, but he's only been a, targeted 11 times in these two losses. So, um, you know, as a fantasy Tyreek owner, I'm just going to say, you know, Chiefs, you targeted him 15 times in your win and in your two losses, he's only gotten 11. 
So, do the math. Get the ball to Tyreek Hill. One guy they do get the ball to, though, is Travis Kelsey. Don't need to talk about him. He continues to be the tight end one on the year. Uh, so we'll move on to the Eagles, who lost 41-21 to versus the Cowboys. They gave up 380 yards and 160 on the ground. This is what I wanted to see. This game, to me, was a big indicator of where this Eagles defense is because they were ranked as one of the top defenses, but they played not very good teams in low-scoring games, and then they got in against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys said, this is what a real offense looks like, and they couldn't handle it. Zeke finally got on track. Uh, Dak went in there and did Dak Prescott, you know, uh, the and the Eagles are only 16th on offense, still ranked 7th on defense. But I'm throwing that ranking out the window. The Cowboys, yeah, they're good, but so is this Chiefs offense. And I think the Eagles are going to have a rough time against a Chiefs team that's probably pissed off. Two losses in a row at the bottom of the AFC West with the Broncos sitting on top, the Raiders sitting on top at 3 and 0. Uh so the Eagles I think are going to have to endure a very angry Chiefs team. Uh, you know, they're minus one in turnover differential, so we'll have to see if, you know, they can clean that up because if they can clean that up, they might, you know, might have a chance in this game. Uh, Jalen Hurts is averaging 23.7 on the year. Miles Sanders only 7.7 in the last two weeks. Again, not getting very utilized. You saw last week, though, you know, they were trying to catch up, so it wasn't a lot for him to get in on. They could have thrown him the ball more. I would have liked to see them throw him the ball more, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Devontae Smith only averaging 9.5. He's got five catches for 44 yards, and that's over two games in the last two weeks. Not looking good so uh, er, in these last two weeks after a huge week one, so... The Eagles just need to get that offense back to what they would be good at. They tried to do too much against the Cowboys, in my opinion, and nothing was working. So just simplify it, you know? These are your playmakers. Put the ball in their hands. Make plays. Uh, One guy that's been a little surprising, he actually leads the team in fantasy average, is Jalen Rager at 9.9 fantasy points per week. And he's been targeted 13 times in the last two weeks, which if you split that up, that's about six or seven for both games. So uh, he's a guy that was in my uh, preseason scouting, I guess you could say, for my fantasy teams. Jalen Rager was a guy that I thought about taking at some points. I don't know if he's, you know, for real and going to stick or if he's just benefiting from the offense being – not good the last two weeks, so I guess we'll just have to see. But I think the Chiefs bounce back in a big way this week, and, um, you know, maybe I'm still too high on the Chiefs. Maybe they're just not. Maybe they got a really good offense and their defense just isn't very good. But I believe in them against the Eagles this week, who finally kind of, to me, showed their true colors against an actually good football team. Then we move on to the Seahawks and the 49ers. This one will be a lot of fun to watch as well. Both teams coming off of a loss. The Seahawks to the Vikings 30-17. to 
The one thing that is going for the Seahawks, you know, is they are plus one in turnover differential. What's not going in their favor? They are dead last in defense. Dead last. Not a shocker, because they were not good last year either uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And some more players to kind of look out for, you know. I mean, Russell Wilson, he looked real good uh, the first couple weeks, had a couple deep bombs. He's still sitting at a 70% completion percentage, which is great. Uh, but his touchdowns are progressively going down. Had four in week one, two in week two, and one this past week. Um, so we just got to see, you know, he's got to keep it going. Uh, we don't want to see the rust drop off of normal, start out super hot and then just slowly get worse. We got to see him continue to do what he was doing in week one. Chris Carson, though, he's kind of on a hot streak. Three touchdowns in the last two weeks, along with Tyler Lockett, who's, uh, the wide receiver three on the year with 21.6 fantasy points on average. Um, that's also kind of inflated with Russell Wilson and those long touchdowns. The Lockett, you know, he's getting targeted just as much as the next guy, DK Metcalf, and he's putting a little more on the board. DK's only putting up 16.7, but has 20 targets and 12 receptions in the last two weeks, so he's starting to get more involved. Um, So, you know, I think this offense is where it needs to be. They just need to continue to execute and do things right for them to continue to win. Uh, They lost against the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are really that good. Just saying. Sorry. But they beat the, the Seahawks, and to me, that's the Seahawks' fault, and that's the end of that story. You know, they've got to... This offense has to continue to move, and this defense needs to start making plays. Uh, you, you're positive in the turnover category. Translate that elsewhere. You know, Start stopping people on the ground. Start making third down stops, forcing punts. Get your offense back on the field. Then the 49ers, they lost a heartbreaker last week. They lost 30-28 to to the Packers. On a game-winning field goal by Mason Crosby. But they were down. Not looking good. Fought their way back to a uh, 28-27 lead. But they gave Aaron Rodgers about um, 35 seconds. And, you know, one deep ball to uh, Devontae Adams. Another quick pass. Field goal range. Mason Crosby knocks it through. Uh, So they just didn't finish. And that's it. Uh, they are 19th in offense, 16th in defense, and minus three in turnover differential. Garoppolo, I mean, you, this, you can say this about the guy. He's consistent. One touchdown in week one, two in week two, two in week three. Um, the only problem is when, uh, when he can't get the job done, they bring in Trey Lance. Trey Lance came in again this week to run in another touchdown, and he did, uh, and gave them those very valuable points right before half when Jimmy G threw it three times, couldn't get anything out of it. Uh, so who knows if we're actually going to see a real switch there if they're just going to stick with consistent Jimmy. Then their running back room, we talk about it every week. 
uh, who knows? You know, you got Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, and Kyle Juszczyk. Juicy Juice looked like the best running back on the field last week. And he's honestly, in my opinion, so we I was watching it with a co-worker, and they had Juszczyk out in the slot. They were moving him around, making him versatile, giving him the ball in different ways. He's pretty much the 49ers version of uh, Taysom Hill. And honestly, from what I've seen from Trey Sermon, uh, it's not cutting it. If Eli Mitchell is still, uh, you know, sidelined, not heavily involved, use check should get the ball more, in my opinion. I don't know if he's going to, um, but if he does, you know, he's somebody you could look at in fantasy. But until you know for sure he's going to start getting the ball, uh, definitely don't invest in him. Uh, And then you move on to Debo Samuel. He's the wide receiver eight this year. Um, 30 targets and 20 catches this season. Those are good numbers. Uh, But hasn't had a touchdown since the long bomb that he uh, ran in for a touchdown in week one. A little concerning. Mm, Maybe. But I, I just, I don't know. This offense, honestly, just is a weird offense, you know. You saw George Kittle get a run attempt, you know, just very creative. So we're just going to have to kind of, against the Seahawks, a division opponent, I think they're going to get more creative. And it's just going to be a lot of wacky stuff on the 49ers side. Hopefully it just doesn't get too wacky and they actually remember to play football and get the ball to the playmakers that they have on the field, like Samuel and like George Kittle, who had his first big game last week. Nine targets, seven catches, 92 yards, and then, like I said, he had that one carry for a touchdown, or not a touchdown, for nine yards. Um, But as far as who's going to win, you know, I'm going to have to go with the 49ers just because of that creative offense, and you don't know what's going to happen, and the Seahawks, like last year, can't stop anybody. So I think the 49ers take that one. But here is the game I am most excited about. Cardinals and the Rams. It's the battle for first place in that NFC West. Um, And the Cardinals are coming off that 31-19 win against the Jags. Uh, They are second overall in offense this year and 11th on defense and have a plus three turnover differential. The team looks solid. And Kyler Murray, he's sitting at quarterback two on the year. He's looking really good and just making plays, you know. And then you got Chase Edmonds and James Conner in a backfield that's just kind of, it's another weird one to watch. You know, you got Edmonds, who's the running back 17 on the year, averaging about 14 points, and has four or more receptions per week and 4.4 yards, 4.4 yards a carry. But then you look at James Conner, who had 18.3 last week and out carries uh, Edmonds on the season. He has more of those rushing attempts than Edmonds. Where Edmonds' value comes in is when he does run the ball, it's for a decent amount, and then he's very involved in that passing game. Uh, Which one would I invest in more? Still James Conner, or not James Conner, still Chase Edmonds, like I have been uh, for the first three weeks of this year. Um, But James Conner's not a terrible look. You know, if he can get into the end zone continue to get the bulk of the carries, then he's not somebody bad to look at. And then DeAndre Hopkins, 
hopefully this is a bounce back week for him. He was limited last week and leads the team in touchdowns. But other than that, it looks like he's underperforming. Uh, Rondale Moore has more receptions. AJ Green has more targets. Christian Kirk has more receptions and yards. So, I mean, if he was in full last week, those numbers would obviously be different. But even the first couple weeks, if it wasn't for those touchdowns, he wouldn't have been really worth it as one of those top picks that you spent uh, for Hopkins. But I think this week, there's a chance it could be a bounce back week. They just have to be creative with where they're putting him because Jalen Ramsey is probably going to be the guy that they move around with him the whole game. So move D-Hop around, confuse that defense a little bit, get Jalen Ramsey off of Hop and see, you know, how that works out. And then on to the Rams. They had probably the biggest win last week um, in terms of implications uh, for the season. They beat the Buccaneers 34-24. to They are 13th in total offense, 20th in total defense, and number two in turnover differential. Matt Stafford, gosh, I'm so happy for him because he's in an offense that suits him. And it's looked great this whole season. He's a quarterback six on the year with 23.7 points a week. If he's not in your starting lineup and sitting on your bench is how I mean, then mm, you're doing something wrong. Uh, Then you got Henderson and Michelle. Mm, I'd stay away from both of them um, because Henderson's still questionable. Michelle only averaged... 3.4 yards per carry last week with a full workload and only scored 10.9 points. Um, Where I would really invest in this team is Cooper Cup, wide receiver one on the year, a touchdown in every game. In the last two touchdowns, or last two weeks, he has two touchdowns in both of those games uh, and has 10 targets or more each week. Where does that leave the rest of that receiving core? You know, you get everybody else kind of involved. Uh, Tyler Higby this last week had five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown, equating to 15 points. Um, But, I mean, Cooper Cup is the bulk of that offense with Matt Stafford. Uh, But this is going to be a very interesting game. Both teams fighting for that first-place spot in the division. You know, the Cardinals looking good in all facets. The Rams looking like a high-octane machine on offense. I don't even know who to pick here. Uh, I'm going to, because I have stake fantasy-wise in the Cardinals, we're going to go with the Cardinals on this one. Um, But it's going to be a close game and, in my opinion, should be one of the Sunday-Monday night games. Moving on to that Sunday night game, um, a little irritating that this gets to be the Sunday night game because it's not going to be a game at all. But it gets to be the Sunday night game because it's Tom Brady's return to New England. Bill Belichick's revenge. Whatever. The game's not going to be that good. It's just not. The Buccaneers, they're probably pissed off after losing last week 34-24. to You got Tom Brady coming back to New England. You got Rob Gronkowski coming back. Uh, Gronkowski is questionable, but I assume he'll do anything he can to get himself back for this game. 
Uh, Brady's actually the quarterback one on the season. Has over 1,000 passing yards and 10 touchdowns with only two interceptions. Uh, and I believe both of those actually came last week. So, or no, one of them came in week one. Uh, but he's averaging 28.5 uh, yard. Dear Lord, 25, 8.5 uh, fantasy points per week. Then you move on to Chris Godwin. He's the wide receiver, wide receiver seven on the year, uh, averaging 19.8 fantasy points per week, and has a touchdown every week, whether it's through the air or on the ground. Uh, you know, he's definitely that main guy, and he's very a very good and versatile player. Uh, and then you move on to Mike Evans, who's 16.2 on the year. Uh, with 13 catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns in the last two weeks. So he's starting to get a little more involved in this offense. Um, But that's cutting into this guy, Antonio Brown, who will be back from COVID um, this coming week as he was out last week. Uh, But after having a big week one and scoring 23.7, he's dropped off the last two weeks. Um, I mean... Granted, he didn't play last week, but the week before that, only had one catch for 17 yards. Where'd he go? You want to see that production out of him. Uh, And then you got Rob Gronkowski again. He's questionable, but like I said, I think he's going to find a way to get himself into this game. Uh, And he's the tight end, too, on the season. A lot of touchdowns. He's looking good. On the Patriots' side of the ball... Uh, they lost 28-13 to against the Saints. Uh, they're 22nd in total offense. They are number 5 in total uh, defense, which is not bad. Um, and they're even in the turnover differential. Mac Jones threw his first interceptions of his career last week. Sadly, it was three of them. Uh, but on the year, he's got 11.4 fantasy points uh, and two touchdowns. Stay away from him at all costs, and especially this week. It's yeah. Watch it be really close now because I'm saying that it's not going to be close, but it's not going to be close. Uh, And then you look at their running back situation. James White is doubtful. He, for the last couple weeks, was the guy. um, And Damian Harris, who had a big first week, just fell off you know uh he his workload this week should pick up if white is out uh because he had 39 carries through the first two weeks but only six last week uh so we'll just kind of have to see where that goes because they also have Ramondre stevenson they also have jj taylor um you know it's an offense where you don't know where the pieces are gonna fall one piece that you do definitely want to invest in just because he's like the Brandon Cook situation for the Texans uh, is Jacoby Myers. He has 29 targets through the last three weeks and 19 catches, but only averages 12.2 fantasy points per week. Um, that's just because the touchdowns aren't there, the targets, the yards, all of that are there. You just He's kind of like Justin Herbert was for me waiting and waiting he's producing but not getting touchdowns so then it puts up less than great fantasy numbers um but jacoby myers is somebody i believe in then you got nelson Aguilar, who's got 8.8 uh points total in the last two weeks when in week one he had 18.2 uh 
Um, I don't know what to think of that. I just think that this Patriots offense kind of needs to find their identity and Mac Jones just, you know, needs to step up and be that player that they made the starter over Cam Newton. Um, and then you got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Neither one of those guys are looking any sort of good. Um, Smith last week had an ugly play that led to an interception. Um, he it hit him in the hands. He got hit like as he was falling. Tipped the ball up into the air. It, it was just weird and uh, got picked off. So I would stay away from both of those guys. Neither one of them looking very good. And then Monday Night Football. This should also be a really good game uh, as the Raiders take on the Chargers. The Raiders, they won last week in a close one that they almost gave away, uh, 31-28 to versus the Dolphins. The Raiders, surprisingly, are the top offense of the league and 14th in defense with a plus-one turnover differential. One of the main reasons that they're the number-one offense is because Derek Carr is just showing off. He's doing crazy things doing really well and he's got this offense in a position that you know we haven't seen them in before for a long time if you look at their running back room it's just as shaky as everybody else's you got josh jacobs didn't play last week still questionable this week uh kenyon drake who's got 34 touches for 182 yards but then you got peyton barber who walked into the lineup last week Casually scored 23.2 fantasy points on 23 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown with three catches for 31 yards. That is a huge workload for Peyton Barber, who's not super talented. But he just walks in, gets almost as many touches as Kenyon Drake has in three weeks, and plays the best game uh, that a running back for the Raiders has had this season. I mean, sure, Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns week one, but everything else was not good. This was a complete performance for uh, Kenyon Drake, or not Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber. So uh, if Jacobs is out this week, I think you slide in Peyton Barber maybe. Who knows? Then you got Henry Ruggs. He's uh, averaging 13.9 fantasy points on the year. He's got 19 targets, 11 catches, and a touchdown. But the guy who is that number one on this team, we talked about him a little earlier, I believe, in the waivers. Let me just make sure that that actually happened. Because I'm not sure. Uh Yeah. So we talked about him earlier. He's leading the team in mostly all of those statistical categories. Um besides Darren Waller, obviously, but he's got 22 targets, 16 catches, and a touchdown. He's averaging 14.1 fantasy points per week. So if I'm a guy that has Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro is still out there, I'm going to pick up Hunter Renfro and putting him in over Henry Ruggs. Um, You know, Ruggs had that big play last week, but that's about the only thing that saved him to have a great fantasy week. Then you look at Darren Waller. He's number four in the tight end position, 33 uh targets for 20 catches and a touchdown those targets lead the league he's second in yards but he's eighth in touchdowns and compared to travis kelsey who has 20 catches on 26 targets and 
three touchdowns. I mean, that's what that's. If you're asking what's the difference between the two, that's Travis Kelsey at three touchdowns. That's Darren Waller at one. But again, this is an offense that's doing really well, and Derek Carr's doing really well. Uh, in a game against the Chargers, who are 17th in defense, but still were able to stop the Chiefs, it's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Uh, speaking of the Chargers, they're ninth in total offense, fourth in passing. Uh, but here's here's the thing. They only had two passing touchdowns until last week as a top five passing team. Finally, this last week, they scored four and made this offense look like it's supposed to look. Um, and against a Chargers team that, you know, is middle of the pack defensively and had a close game against the Dolphins and a backup quarterback, I think the Chargers have another week of doing some special things, which is a good thing for Justin Herbert. But he is questionable. Uh, he had his throwing hand wrapped up and iced immediately after the game last week. Uh, so you'll have to monitor that. I'll have to monitor that. Uh, but if he is going to play, he finally had four touchdowns last week. And against, like I said, against the Raiders, I think it could continue. Uh, then you got Austin Eckler. He's the running back five on the year. 50 touches. It's heavily involved. Um and that even includes him kind of maybe limiting himself um, with some of those little minor injuries he's had. Uh, but he's got 50 touches for 279 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you drafted Austin Eckler to expect that volume, to expect good things, and that's what you've been getting so far. Again, the surprise of the Chargers is Mike Williams. He's the wide receiver two of the league uh, has 31 targets, 22 receptions for 295 and four touchdowns. And like I said, the stat line with Keenan Allen looks about the same. Keenan Allen's got 31 or 33 targets for 21 receptions, 258 yards, and a touchdown. But again, that's the difference is those touchdowns. And you know, you saw it last week in a pressure cook situation. Last year, you saw him go to Keenan Allen. This year, and last week, he went to Mike Williams. Uh, this is not me saying you need to boot Keenan Allen uh, because both these guys are still startable. But Mike Williams should be seen as a higher uh, player as of right now than Keenan Allen, who's the wide receiver 12. For who's going to win the game? We're going to go with the Raiders. I I think Derek Carr just gets to keep working that magic for some reason. Uh, I, I really hope the Chargers' offense still does well. Um, but I think the Raiders, they've got some sort of weird magic on their side. You know, Derek Carr looking fantastic. Peyton Barber coming in and doing what he did last week. Uh, so I think they continue with that magic. All right, everybody, that is it for this week's show. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Share our pages and the channel. You can follow all of the socials right here. And, you know, like I said, don't forget to tune in tomorrow for the Lucky Bets portion of this show with Dylan Corbett. Uh, but other than that, good luck in your fantasy matchups this week. Wish me luck. Got two big games coming up. Uh, but good luck. Have a great week.
Thanks for watching. Tune in next week.